When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in five, four, three, two, one. Zero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. You guys aren't going to believe this, but my name is Ray, and that means that I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday night. That means I got my boy Lawrence Owen from Colts Law on. Links in the description. Go check him out after you finish watching this show. We got a couple things we want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about that Colts game on Sunday. That disastrous second half. The Colts were cruising to a guaranteed playoff spot. And now they're on the outside looking in. Have they dug themselves a hole or can they get out of it? Three tough games coming up. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield. Cream Hunt Sr. called him out on Facebook. That's the second Browns parent in three weeks to call him out. And it's awfully quiet in Cleveland. Nobody is defending him. We're going to talk to Lawrence. We got Patreon questions. We got lots. We got 30 minutes to get a lot of football talk in. And we're going to get started here in just a second. But first, hear from our sponsors over at Newsbreak. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And welcome back here live for Talking Football with Ray, watching live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for those of you who are listening to the replay on the podcast networks, and thank you to all of you who are listening on DeanBlundell.com. Of course, I'm here with my boy Lawrence Owen from Colts Law, from the Believe in Colts podcast. Lawrence, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you having me on. How are you doing today? Absolutely fantastic. You know what? I mean, I have, so I now have a permanent, I was calling you guys guests before. I'm now calling you like co-host every day of the week. And I have the most eclectic group of co-hosts. It's just phenomenal. Like I got Connor on Monday. 
which is just nonsense. It's just fun. <laughs> Tuesday, yeah. I got you. You bring a lot of uh, a smarts. You bring a lot of you know deep analytics. You bring a lot of that kind of stuff. On Wednesdays, I got my boy Mario from Hashtag Sports, where it's just going to be pure shit talking between the two of us. On Thursdays, I got my boy Mike, who's going to be coming in, who's pretty like he's he's not timid, but he's laid back. He's just chill. He's a Patriots fan, a little bit of a pessimistic Patriots fan. So it's probably going to be him in this chill way, being pessimistic, and me getting all fired up on the other end. And then Fridays now a Patreon hangout every Friday at seven thirty, and that's oh, going to. Wow. And that's going to be live on the podcast for the half hour show. And then we cut off. We, we stop going live and we hang out for another, what, one, two, three, four hours. I've already told them I'll give them till 830 every night. If I hang out longer, I do. But it, you know how it is. I leave and you guys all hang around anyways. Everybody, the co-hosts will all be invited as always. Whether they want to come or not is completely up to them. So it's good. I'm having fun. And, of course, you can find me over at DeanBlondell.com. I wrote a couple. I write some articles over there. And the stories I covered today were about Baker Mayfield and, uh, and the Indianapolis Colts. And I covered the Colts on purpose because you were coming on tonight. But let's start with this whole uh, Baker Mayfield thing. So, like, in the last month, it just seems like Brown's parents don't like Baker Mayfield. They seem to be calling him out. We did get a question on the Patreon last night, though, so I'll start with this before we go deep into this story. And the question was basically, is it time for the Browns to just sit Baker Mayfield? He's obviously injured. He obviously can't move the football. They look bad against the Ravens. Now, they couldn't get the run game going against Baltimore, and when you can't get Nick Chubb or Cream Hunt going, that's going to be problems. But is it just time? For, is Baker Mayfield, is his injury, let's say, becoming the problem in, in Cleveland right now? Possibly. I, I don't, I, I think it's more in his head than it is anything else, right? He's, 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 he gets freaked out and worried when he gets under pressure. And I'm noticing that since that, since he's came back from that injury, that whenever he gets under pressure or something, he freaks out and he, he, he looks like a rookie out there trying to get rid of the football and, and stuff. And I think that it's in his head and he's worried that something like that is going to happen again. And somebody needs to sit down. I don't know if it's a coach. I don't know if it's a psychiatrist. I don't know who it is, but they need to sit down and have a nice long conversation with him and try to figure this out because no matter what is going on, it's not a positive thing for the Cleveland Browns. No, it's not. And I'm going to read you exactly what uh, Cream Hunt's father said. And it's it's actually kind of a sentiment to what you said. So a little plug, if you want to read the article that I wrote today, here it is, Uh, But I'm going to click it over here, bring it back to Twitter. No, forget that taking too long. Uh, Cream Hunt Sr. said, now I'm getting people on my Facebook saying I'm being like OBJ's daddy. And I'm just stating facts on football. And what we see is he's limping. He's scared to throw the ball. And they know he's hurt. And they're going to keep listening. But if people don't like what I'm saying, unfriend me. I'm not jeopardizing nothing. I got a right to speak. I'm not posting videos. Go, you know, go Brown. So kind of, you know, walks away and says, I'm not here to to smear Baker Mayfield, but he looks hurt. And it's exactly what you said. Like he's, he's getting rid of the football. He almost, he's scared to take a hit. He wants to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Is that not a point though, that the Browns got to look at the situation and say, man, like, I mean, they got a capable backup. They won a game without Baker Mayfield uh, when he was nursing that injury. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been talking about this shoulder injury all season. And I, mm-hmm. I noticed that normally when guys are talking about their injuries, um, you know, and not kind of just, you know, you got guys that are like their leg is half off and they're questionable for the game and they're, you know, it's being sewed up as they speak. And they're like, I'm okay. I'm 100%. You know, like they're always kind of pushing through. Baker's been very vocal. Like at six and six, it's going to be really tough for them to, 
to get into the the playoffs. It's they're definitely not going to win the division now. They're way too far behind. Tiebreaker goes to Baltimore. All that kind of stuff. I know it's disappointing. I know that the the, the Browns are in another disappointing year after we had expectations. Uh, it's my opinion that I think they got to just shut shut them down. But let me ask you this: I find this very interesting. So Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad comes out and puts out that you know long Instagram video, basically of Baker Mayfield not throwing to OBJ. OBJ gets sent home. The media frenzy starts. The the OBJ watch starts. A lot of the narrative coming out of the media is, well, OBJ is a problem. He was a problem in New York. He now he's a problem in Boston, and I've. <laughs> Listen, yes, where there's smoke, there's fire. But I want to just share a couple of tweets. So when OBJ leaves, Jarvis Landry tweets, one of my best teammates I've ever played with in my life. Uh, Donovan People Jones tweets, brother, I appreciate all the little things that you've done for me that no one knows about. The words of encouragement you've given me, uh, the laughs, the fun that we shared each day, nothing but love and respect for you, OBJ. Now, if I'm Baker Mayfield... I'm sitting there going like, hello, fellas. Like, he just, his dad, he just called me out. He hasn't spoken to me. And you guys are out here supporting him. Are you seeing, I mean, look, we all know that the, the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns dressing room, we thought that Kevin Stefanski had cleaned it up, but it, it appears he hasn't. Do you think there's a lack of, I don't want to say respect, but a lack of something between Baker Mayfield and sort of his, you know, receivers and the star players in that dressing room? No, I don't I don't think there's anything like that. What 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 we have here, in my opinion, uh see there's a difference between what OBJ's dad said and the one that just said earlier. You know, OBJ's dad was more of the, you know, trying to get his his son, you know, up there. And the other one was more of this is what I see from a fan's point of view, you know, at the at this point. And I I, I don't think the players have lost respect for, for Baker because, you know, Baker has that I don't kind of a Brett Favre feel to him, right? And and players love that and they, they, they respect that. Uh, saying goodbye to OBJ and saying, you know, that he's a, gr a, a great player and a great teammate doesn't mean that you completely and utterly uh, distrust the quarterback that you have there as well. So they I, – I don't think that there's – at this locker room tension that a lot of people think that there might be uh, due to the things that are being said, because a lot of times we just kind of bring this up and try to look a little too deep into things, you know, that's, so that's is it, how I feel. Is this just us in the media? And I know that you and I aren't mainstream media, but you believe you're believing Colts. I'm Dean Blundell. We're and mm -hmm. for both on we both work for Newsbreak. Like we are in the media in one sense. We're just not the you know the ESPN's Fox News of the world. But do you think this like these kind of stories are more for people like us just to have so 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 we can have a 10 minute conversation about it rather than just because I'm saying it's been very quiet right? Like nobody in Cleveland is really talking about it yet. The media continues to run with it. It's all over Twitter, that kind of thing. Is this just more of a, a popular, do you think this is more of a popular fan and media story than it is a story inside that locker room? I guess that's what you're saying to somebody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, once someone comes up with, with a narrative like this, then it gets seen and you're like, 
oh, this could be something big, you know, for, for us to get our likes and our views and our clicks and things of that nature. But there's no proof. There's, there's no proof in this, you know, there's no player coming out and saying anything. There's no coach out there saying anything. Um, you know, Baker, you know, he said some stuff, but he's never said anything negative about anybody else on the team, you know? So until there's actual proof about something, then I kind of take it as it's a story. It's nice to think about your, your speculation though. And I, 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 I hate leaning on speculation when it comes to, to actual reporting. You know what I mean? Okay. So let, let's talk about actual reporting. Let's switch to your Indianapolis Colts. Now I've watched the highlights. Obviously they were playing the same time that the Titans were playing the Patriots. I did. I turned on the game just in time to see Jonathan Taylor tie up the game with, I think about three minutes and 34 seconds left in the game. And I did immediately tweet. You left Tom Brady too much time on the clock. And I want to, and I talked about this with Connor last night, because I know a lot of people are going to pump Tom Brady and I'm not trying to dismiss him, but almost every NFL quarterback with three minutes and 34 seconds left on the clock, that's too much time to leave an offense. However, Leonard Fournette, um, smacked you guys around he was he was a problem however you had a 28 the, the Colts had a 28 to 14 lead heading into halftime uh 14 point 20 to, no 24 to 14 24. 10 point lead heading into halftime and I remember I kind of looked at it I was like ooh, I was like okay this Colts Patriots game is going to be very interesting in a couple weeks and and then all of a sudden I look at the score and you're trailing and then they tie it up and then I watch the final drive. Then I watch the return by, I think Isaiah Rogers was it, mm -hmm. who returns the ball to about the 30-yard line. Um, I don't blame Carson Wentz on the interception. I mean, he had, he had the bootleg all the way to the right side of the field. I, I know it looked soft and fluttered by the time it got there, but he almost threw it from the 50. If you look, I know they yeah. started on the 30, but he it was basically a hail Mary. You can't yeah. hold an interception on a hail Mary. Yeah. And, and the, the pressure that was on him, which is why he had mm -hmm. to run back to almost the 45 yard line. So I was like, okay, it is what it is. Yes. He threw two interceptions, but technically I think the first one should have been a pass interference call. And the second one was on a hail Mary. So that's fine. Uh, let me ask you just as a, you're a pure Colts fan, get your media side out of the way right now. How devastated were you that you that you guys ended up losing that game? Oh, losing the game, I was I was mortified. Uh, I I was I was so upset because I'm sitting here watching this game and I'm like, we got this in the bag. We got as long as we continue doing what we're doing, you know, Carson went still playing very well. I was upset in the first quarter when we started getting drops. You know, and then I was like, oh, no, you know, we, we can't have drops against a team like this. And then halftime rolled around. I was like, just keep going, keep going. We got this. We got this. And then turnover, then turnover, then turnover in the third quarter. And I'm like, yeah, you can't win a game against Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champions by giving the ball away that many times back to back to back. You just... You can't do it, you know, and it it hurt. As a Colts fan, it hurt deeply. I, I haven't felt this bad since we gave up the 19-point lead uh, in the fourth quarter against the Ravens and then lost in overtime. It, it, it was that level of disappointment in this kind of in this kind of a loss. So I did write about just 
the disaster. I, I I really focused on just the disaster of the the second half. I'm sorry, you know, but that's sex sells, right? Um, but, <laughs> but I I didn't know how to put this into words and writing, so I decided just to save it for this. And I've been thinking about this all day. But you know, as an outsider, as a pure outsider, and and right now we're not, you know, as Patriot fans, I'm not thinking about wild card teams. I'm thinking about the division. So I'm not even you're not a threat to us in that sense at this point right now of, of taking away our playoff spot right now. The bills are our biggest threat of taking away the yeah. East. So I really thought, so I'm not coming at this from the side, but I thought, okay, you know what? You watch this game. All right. Bad, you know, bad turnovers. One was on, I think a punt, you know what I mean? So yeah, a muff, a muff punt, punt, you know, a, a muff punt again, an interception that shouldn't have been an interception, right? It was a, it was a clear pass interference mm-hmm. by Tampa Bay that wasn't called. Um, and then a I gr- think that I think great another- pass rush. Uh, yep. by Shaq Barrett that got a strip sack on Carson Wentz as he was throwing the football. Yep. Yes. So, but so I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, there's a lot of positives you can take out of the game. Yeah, you know, you can build off those negatives, but you just went toe to toe with the Super Bowl champions. You basically were going to beat them. You beat yourself. Mm-hmm. However, that's the conversation I'd be having with you week three or four, right? Build off this positive. How do they, use, like, what's the difference between having this type of game week three and four to week 12. I, I don't know how many positives there are to build. I think the Colts are kind of walking in the dressing room with their head down at this point. Are they not? Actually, they're walk, they, they walk into the dressing room pissed off. All right. I, I, sorry for the language. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they, they were madder than, madder than the heck after this. There, there's there's no, no doubt about it. I mean, they, they had this in the bag and they just gifted it to them. Right. They shut down everything that they were supposed to shut down. They shut down Mike Evans. They shut down Chris Godwin, you know. But then Fournette runs for 100 yards. Gronkowski comes back from injury and catches everything and just runs over everybody. What? You know, and 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 the Colts, Carson Wentz looked great. Carson Wentz looked great, but there is an issue here. There's a lot of players, including the Hall of Fame Colts players like Edger and James, like uh, Dwight Freeney. These guys, I was talking to Dequell earlier, and he said he was up in the press box. Dequell Jackson, by the way, former former Indi- uh, Pro Bowl uh, Indianapolis Colt, is the co-host with Lawrence over on the Believe in Colts podcast. Yeah. So we were sitting there. We were discussing. He's like, he's he's up there yesterday because they this was the game that they uh, – uh, put Robert Mathis in the, in the ring of honor. So he's up there with Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney and Edrin and Reggie Wayne and all these guys. And he says, and hold a, on the greatest cult of all time, Pat McAfee. Yeah. And Pat McAfee. Yeah. And he said, it was a consensus in the box that in the third quarter, Reggie turned and looked over to DeQuell and said, you know, they just went 26 snaps in a row without running the football. 26 passes in a row and Edgerin said, yeah, that's BS. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and it was a consensus that, that, that everybody in that box was upset over it. Everybody was upset that they didn't even try to throw even token runs inside in the third quarter. And um, that kind of upset a lot of people, the Colts fans and former, you know, Hall of Fame Colts players were upset over this. So I think there is something to build off this, and that is that Frank Reich might learn something new here, right? 
he might learn, okay, so I got to keep better track of how many times we have passed the football. Because in the press conference, Frank said, uh, uh, he was asked, were you aware of this? And he said, yeah, at like the 24th or 25th pass in a row, someone came up to me and told me about it. So now he's going to have somebody more on it uh, to let him know uh, how things are actually rolling at that point in time. So there is some positive to take out of it. So I do got to move on because we only got about 10 minutes left here and I got Patreon questions I got to get to. But I have one more question if you could give me a quick answer on Mm -hmm. it. Um, So obviously, I mean, the difference between winning and losing that game was being in a playoff spot and controlling your own destiny to being out of a playoff spot and not controlling your own destiny, right? You now sit in fifth in the playoff rank, in the wild card ranking. Uh, The Bills, obviously, seven wins there and there. The Bengals, seven wins there and there. Uh, You're only a win behind them, but because of buys and stuff, you're really behind. You're behind two teams that are actually six and four, but because of winning percentage, they're at the Raiders and the Chargers. So, again, no, you still don't control your own destiny. Um, That was the difference in this game. You got the Patriots coming up which is not going to be an easy game. You've got the Cardinals coming up and you've got the Raiders coming up. And right now they're, they are looking like somewhat of a, of a competitive team. Uh, that's your three of your last five games that you've got coming up. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I'm sure you don't want to, for me as an outsider, I've conceded the AFC South to you minus an absolute total collapse by the Titans, because you're basically three games behind them with the tiebreaker. So, you know, you need to get three games ahead. And with five games, if there were six games remaining, seven games remaining, I'd probably say the Colts got a legitimate chance with five games. It's difficult, Mm -hmm. especially since you've got three very winnable slash losable games coming up with those, you know, those three opponents I just said. And then I think you've got the Jaguars and And the Texans and the Texans. So a couple of what should be wash games, but who knows with the the way some of these divisional games have gone. Um, what odds do you give? I'm going to ask you two questions. What odds do you give the Colts to win the division? And what odds do you give them to make the playoffs? Okay. So earlier you was asking me, did the, how big of a hole did the Colts dig themselves in this loss? And I don't think if there was a game to lose, it would have been this one, right? Because it was a non-conference game, right? So it matters, Jack, when it comes to the AFC and that kind of stuff. It's just an L. That's all it is. Um, I think they have a very good shot, uh, to be honest, because I'm looking at the rest of the schedule and yes, the Raiders, the Patriots and the Cardinals are three very, very good teams, but I see the Colts as matching up pretty well against these guys. Uh, when it comes to, I don't see a team in the, in the, the rest of it that has, uh, an out- outstanding run stopping defense. Right. And that means I don't think that the Colts are going to go away from running the ball with Jonathan Taylor uh, the way they did against Tampa Bay. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts, if I remember looking, they have the number two EPA offense in the NFL right behind the number one New England Patriots, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's kind of interesting. As long as they don't turn the ball over, I think the Colts are fine. They just have to keep themselves in that aspect. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or the uh, the Ray wrote or talking football with Ray. You can also listen to this replay on the podcast networks or find us over at deanblondell.com. I've got 
10 questions on the Patreon that we are going to have to fly through because we only got about seven minutes left. However, I do got to take a minute of that time for you guys to hear about my Patreon page. When you join the Ray Route Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by subjects that you give me every week. That's right. When you join and become a member of the Patreon page, you'll get five exclusive videos, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the live version of the podcast. But that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all of the Patreon members. You have the opportunity to hang out on the screen with me and other Patreon members, chat about football, life, basically just friends chopping it up. We have visitors like Lawrence from Colts Lock, Connor, hashtag that come over and hang out on the Patreon. I also don't believe in making huge money off of people or having different tiers or excluding people. I have one tier. It's $5. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing and everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our discord page. That's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for my Patreon page by clicking the link I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com. Dot com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. All right, we're back here live with my Tuesday co-host from Colts Law and the Believe in Colts Call podcast with Dequell Jackson, Mr. Lawrence Owen. Links in the description. Also follow him on Twitter at Colts underscore law. Okay, Lawrence, we're going to fly through these questions, all right? No big, long Lawrence answers. We're just going to get through them. First question comes from our boy Thomas over on Patreon that says, first of all, I want to give you a big thank you, Lawrence, for his objective analysis. I learned a lot from him. Appreciate that. Um, so we've been talking a lot about Ben Roethlisberger on this channel and just what the hell is wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thomas wants to know quick thoughts from Lawrence about big Ben. Uh, big Ben is the reason why the Steelers are losing uh, just flat out because of the, not, the contract and his play on the field. Have you noticed Lawrence and, and I'll take a little bit of time up on this question. Have you noticed though, that Pittsburgh has been playing very soft, even defensively, like their whole identity has always been be a big, physical team and to me they've just been playing so soft lately a little bit and uh, you might point to some of their big name player like tj watt being out i mean that that could have an effect on a, on a team's persona so i'm gonna skip this question because you've already kind of answered it but he wanted to know thomas wanted to know why did they wait so long to use taylor in the game and you've already kind of talked about frank like right learning um Thomas asks, were you surprised by the Titans in the first half against the Patriots? And obviously I'm going to add in running 200 yards on the Patriots. And do you think that they'll win the division? And he says, who do you think will win the division? Let's ask both divisions. Who do you think will win the AFC South? Who do you think will win the AFC East? The AFC East is going to be very, very close. It depends upon um, whether or not the bills can continue to run the football the way they have the last, uh, since they got blown out by the Colts because last week they did a very good job. So it depends on that, on, on how the Patriots and the Bills games come out. Uh, it'll be up between them. As for the AFC South, I still think the Titans are going to win. Uh, oh, uh, the other question about uh, the, the – the, I was not surprised. I was surprised that the Patriots gave up 250 yards against two running backs that were no names, but other than that, no, not too much. Interesting story. Hillard had only played three games prior to mm -hmm. that and averaged 5.8 yards per carry in those games that he played. He's, he's a fast running back. He is. And I mean, one of his big yards came from just a completely two of all people, Dante Hightower and, and, and Devin McCourty, the two most experienced veterans on the team, a missed tackle and a bad angle led to that, whatever 60 yard touchdown run. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, Alex wants to know Lawrence score prediction for the Patriots versus the bills game. 
this is uh, up for modification because uh, I really haven't done a lot of research on that yet right now. But I'm going to say 28-24. Uh, I don't know who's going to win yet. <laughs> just gonna tell you, tell you, I like that. I like the cop out. Uh, Rosk, I have answered this question, but I'll ask it. You don't have to answer it, Lawrence. I've answered it over on Newsbreak. It should be out at some point whenever Newsbreak decides to release my video. He says, what do you think the key to victories are? Uh, I used it at, for the Patriots over the Bills. I used it as a mailbag question. It's what is answered over on Newsbreak. Ross says, guys, what's your prediction for the Patriots-Colts game in Week 15? <laughs> and why is it the Patriots? I can't give a prediction for that yet. That's still like three weeks away, man. <laughs> no, he wants to know why is it the Patriots? That's what he. That's <laughs> why how is, we finished it? Why? Why is it the Patriots that's losing? I have. I, I can't <laughs> give you the answer to that. <laughs> Final question comes from Ross. It says, Lawrence, care to respond to Tom Brady's quote of quote? It turns out that horseshoes on their helmet isn't as lucky as it seems, which really sucks for them, but not for us. Uh Tom. Tom Brady is always that guy that's going to go out there and throw a jab at whoever, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just how it, it's just how Tom Brady is. Peyton Manning was the same way. Uh, and, and he has a right to jab because he won the game. So, you know, I give it to him. This is that one pass. He, he gets that because he won. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching Talking Football with Ray and my Tuesday guest host, Mr. Lawrence Owen. You can find Lawrence on Twitter at Colts underscore law. You can find him on his YouTube page. Either look up Lawrence Owen or Colts Law. He's the host of the Believe in Colts podcast with Dequel Jackson, former Pro Bowl. Was he an All-Pro too? No, he was second team. Second team All-Pro. That's still an All-Pro in my mind. Second team All-Pro. <laughs> uh pro bowler uh very interesting i'm look i have i'm not sure is it out yet the one that you did today because i'm really yes. i saw that i want to watch i'm very interested to really listen to his breakdown from the booth so i want to see what that yeah. is uh you can also find lawrence on Newsbreak. uh uh just look up lawrence owen again i watched his video today about seattle blowing it against washington so uh, go check it out there of course guys you can find me on Newsbreak as well just look up ray route that's r-a-u-t-h find me on facebook facebook.com slash dpn sports here on youtube youtube.com slash dear pats nation on twitter dpn underscore ray find me over on deanblundell.com where this podcast will be available you can also find my blogs over there i've got 20 more seconds to kill so lawrence who do the colts got this weekend the texans easy win no it's a divisional game you know that divisional games are always something that you never can just go oh it's in the bag you know they got to come in here and really put it on all right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lawrence. Remember, you're all legit, kid. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.